Well, here we go. The second to the last episode of Fishing Paul Bunyan Country for the year. Part one of a two-part conversation with Dick Beardsley as we talk fall fishing and our final Lake of the Week. It's all coming up. Fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for Bunyan Country You're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country well, fall is here. It is the final week of Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. We figure we should check in with Dick Beardsley one more time. Uh, we will probably hear from him in Paul Bunyan Country outdoors down the road as well. But, uh, Dick, for a lot of people, this is what they wait for. Fall fishing is some of the best of the year. Yes, it absolutely is, Kevin. The fall bite is definitely starting to pick up. Water temperatures are dropping. In fact, I was on Bemidji just uh, yesterday, two days ago. And uh, water temperatures, when I first got out there, now that was like at 7.30 in the morning, it was 58 degrees. It did eventually get up to about 62, something like that. But um, now the the temperature's falling. And it's kind of funny, Kev, because in the spring, it seems like when we hit 60 degree temperature as the water's warming up, it kind of triggers that walleye bite for some reason. It just, in the logs I keep over the years, it just seems that 60 degree Water temperature in the spring is kind of a magic number. It's kind of the same thing in the fall, except just the opposite. When that water temperature drops below 60, it just seems like, man, it just starts kicking the fish into high gear. So, yeah, we're uh, we're right there. So I'm excited. So what does uh, the fall fishing bite uh, look like on Lake Bemidji? Well, it, 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 you, it depends on the type of fishing you want to do. You know, there's guys out now that are pulling lead core and fishing for deep fish and um, I've never poured, pulled lead core in my life. I've, I've been with somebody that did it and, and, uh, whatnot. But again, as I've said many times on your show, I'm kind of old school and whatnot, but this is the time of year. Once that water temperature starts dropping, you get the mixture of water, cold air or cold water from the bottom, mixing it with the warmer water on top. And you get the oxygen levels really completely the same from top to bottom and water temperature is pretty much the same. Then those fish could be anywhere they want to be. You'll still find fish along the green cabbage, and that's an important thing to look for, in my opinion, in the falls is that green grass, that green cabbage especially, it's going to hold fish. But some of those deeper areas, those deeper holes, they're going to be holding fish too. So it gives you a lot of options, sometimes more options than you wish you had. But uh, it's an exciting time of the year because the fish can be scattered all over the place at this time. Okay. And they, uh, and they get bigger too. They do. They, all, all species, you know, they know now that we've getting shorter days, water temperatures cooling down. They know, as we do, what's right around the corner. It's not too far off winter time, and so they start putting the feed bag on now. And this is the time of the year when you can start catching some of the biggest fish of the entire season right now. Not only big fish, but they act. I would say they act a little more like bass than than they do most of the year. They do. They get more aggressive. You know, there's less food out in the food chain now. You know, some of the the minnows and stuff have been eaten off, died off, whatever the the forage fish out there. So now they're um yeah they're looking they're and they're they're chomping on baits out there now. So it's it can really be a fun time and 
And, you know, now the jet skiers and water skiers, for the most part, are, are done with now. And uh, there's not many people out on the lakes. Most of the folks that are out there now are out there fishing. And, um, yeah, it's a it's a great time of the year. I know that uh, you love jig fishing, so yes. this will work for you. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> I love jig fishing. In fact, the last couple of days I've had some folks out, and that's mainly what we've been doing is using jigs and the minnow bites really picking up again now. But jig wrapping, too, has been really good. And not just for walleyes, too. We've been, you know, the crappies now, you know, as the water cools down, they start moving out towards those deeper basins of the lakes, and uh, we're starting to get crappies now on uh, jigging wraps also and and there's when a walleye or a pike uh even a crappie when they hit a jigging wrap there's no like oh is that a fish on there like sometimes you know if you're jig fishing for walleyes uh, they'll kind of just suck on that minnow and kind of just kind of give you a little pull yeah when they hit a jigging wrap they you you know it's a fish because boy they just whap her good Fall fishing is here, and it only gets better from this point on. Dick Beardsley, my guest. We'll have more with Dick next, and our final Lake of the Week is coming up, too. Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, where fishing is more important than pretty much everything. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Dick Beardsley, my guest, we are talking fall fishing. He, of course, likes to fish on Lake Bemidji, but, of course, it's not just Lake Bemidji. All lakes are great in the fall. Absolutely, and, you know, obviously we've got a great one right out here in Lake Bemidji, but so many of the other lakes in the in the area, you know, Grace and, and Wolf and Andrusia and Plantagenet and Cass and the Turtle River chain of lakes, I mean, they're all will be kicking out some fish and, and multi-species and the bass fishing can get phenomenal especially the smallmouth bass fishing and is i've heard you talk on your show many times and i've mentioned it myself the smallmouth bass fishing is really starting to take off on some of these area lakes and boy they they concentrate you know in the fall when the water gets cold that's why the season by the middle of september goes to a catch and release only but boy you can you can have some fun fishing with those smallies out there that's for sure you can and you know that that whole turtle river chain's getting to have a lot of smallmouth in there uh, whether it be big turtle or turtle river lake or beltrami yes they've all got them they all got them kevin and i swear every year we seem to catch more and more and, and bigger and bigger ones. And we, you know, totally catch and release all of them. But I know this summer I had a, some clients out, a mom and a dad and, and, and the wife. And in one day they each caught um, an 18 plus inch smallie. And the one, the, the daughter, a 15 year, 15 year old daughter caught a 21 and a half incher and they're going to get it mounted. The fish is oh, still really? no, the fish is still swimming. They're okay. getting a rep, they're getting a replica made of her. Oh, nice, yeah. yeah. So now there's some big ones out there, and uh, hopefully they'll keep getting bigger. Well, up to this point, the last few weeks, how's the fishing been? Slowly but surely, it's picking up. You know, as it does every August, it kind of slows down a little bit. And and believe it or not, Kev, I actually was pulling bottom bouncers and crawlers and spinners for a while out there this summer. Um, really? Yeah, just because we were still getting jig fishing. But we not as not as well as we were when we were pulling some spinners and and crawlers and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, um, the last few weeks it's starting to pick up now. And you know, fall kind of came. The water temperature started cooling pretty quick. You know, August wasn't that warm of a month compared to how it normally is. But uh, I think what happened too is 
you know, for the longest time, we had water temperatures in the upper 70s, some smaller lakes hitting close to 80. And then all of a sudden it started getting chilly. And I, the, the, the bite kind of dropped off a little bit. I think the water chilled down so quickly, it kind of like almost like put a little shock into the fish. But now that's stabilized out. And now the, the bite should just continue to get more and more consistent right through the fall. Okay, and and, then again, that's what anglers are looking for. The other great thing about fall fishing, most serious anglers tell me, is there's a lot less people on the water. I love it, Kev. (laughs) That's one thing. I mean, I love people. I take people out fishing all the time. But, man, you know, especially even on the weekends now, I mean, unless it's a real nice day, there's virtually nobody on the lake. And on the weekdays, you can – you can go out to Lake Bemidji, Pertner, especially until about four or five o'clock when some of the local folks are getting off work, they'll they'll head out there. But otherwise, you can have the lake or lakes completely to yourself, and it's just it's so you know. I always have a spot in mind. I'm going to start on a lake, and this time of the year, most of the time, I can go right to that spot. In the summertime, there might be somebody else knowing about that spot too, so I'll just go to a different spot. But yeah, this time of the year. Lakes are wide open. Fishing are uh, is good. The fish are wanting to bite. So yeah, it's a it's a great time to be on the water. Okay, um, of course uh, you're not you're not a musky guy. I'm not. I this I've, is a good time to be a musky it, it guy. It is, and, and <laughs> I know sometimes I got a bunch of friends, and boy, they love the fall musky fishing, and and you know folks like Kevin Cochran and mm-hmm. you know Mister Musky himself. I mean those those guys, they'll be out there. In November, if they can still get out there, because oh, yeah. the later in November they they can go, the chance better chance of catching those big big fish and um, yeah. So I just not a musky guy. <laughs> now, are you one of those guys who's caught a musky while while I fish? Oh my gosh, yes, I fished muskies. You know, through the years I fished them and I guided for them for a while years ago. But I've, like I've told people, Kev, I've caught way more muskies walleye fishing than I have actually <laughs> darn musky fishing. But, but I'm due this summer. Every year I usually get at least one. So far this year I haven't got any, oh. but, you know, the okay. best time is coming up. So uh, as far as a guide's life goes in the fall, as we say, most of the people are done fishing. But you still have plenty of trips, it sounds like. Yeah, but it slows down. You know, you can, by about mid, I mean, I stay busy from the opener right through Labor Day. But you can see in in by mid-August, the local tourism, it, you know, yeah. it starts to kind of slow down. The schools are starting in North Dakota, Illinois, you know, they places where people come to visit. And then after Labor Day, yeah, I'm not guiding every day on the water, although this September it's it's looking pretty busy. But uh, that's okay. It's kind of nice having a little bit of a, a break and, and going out not to say guiding isn't fishing for fun because I love being out there no matter what, but now I can go out there and I can explore a bunch of other lakes I haven't been on for a while. If I catch something, great. If I don't, no big deal. You know, yeah. you, you still learn a lot when you're on the lakes, even if you're not catching much. Okay. Um, so if we're going out this weekend, what would we do? What should we start with? Well, I would, um, I would, if I'm going out, which I will be, I'm going out, I'm going to be working the deep weed edges 12 to 16 foot like on lake bemidji it's pretty clear cut right around that 12 13 foot is the edge of the deep cabbage and i'm just going to start working a jig in a minnow along the the cabbage uh live bait rig in a minnow um same thing but i'll still have crawlers and if i can still get leeches i'll have those with me also and then if those spots aren't producing 
I'll go out in some of these deeper holes, some of the deeper humps and bars and whatnot. And um, and if I can find on some deeper fish, then what I like to do, if I can, if I can actually see fish on my graph, then I'll sit on top of them with like a jig and wrap, and okay. and uh, just and that that's fun. That mm-hmm. jig and wrap is fun, and you'll catch all kinds of stuff on a jig and wrap. So that would be my uh, go to method for coming up this weekend. Tomorrow, much more to cover with Dick Beardsley, but up next, it's Lake of the Weekday, one final lake to look at for the 2019 season. There are three seasons in Minnesota. Fishing, ice fishing, and hell on earth. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, Lake of the Weekday, holy cow. We thought we'd let Paul get on there at least one time this summer. It is Lake of the Week Day. We're checking in once again with Carl Peterson from the Walker Area Fisheries Office, and we're going to lucky number 13. Carl, thanks for taking the time today. Tough question for you right off the bat. Have any idea why it's called Lake 13? Oh, boy, you'd stump me already. <laughs> I don't know either, but I thought I'd throw it out there. <laughs> no, I don't, have any, I don't have any idea. Okay, well, Lake 13 actually is an, uh, quite a, it's quite a big lake, 550-some acres, and it uh, looks like it's got some depth to it, too. Yeah, the max depth is about 50 feet, the, uh, yeah, but it's, it's fairly shallow for the most part. There's one big deep hole in it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's around 60% of the lake is under 15 feet, so it's pretty shallow for the most part, but it's got some deeper stuff in it as well. Okay. And uh, looks like it's a, it looks like it's a good lake. you got some bass. you got a pretty good walleye numbers, uh, bluegills, a, a lot of different things to fish for in that lake. Yeah, it's really a, it's really a nice lake. It's, uh, the nice thing about it, too, it's completely undeveloped. There's, no, there's not a single bit of development around the entire shoreline. So it's one of those, you know, middle of the Chippewa National Forest lakes that's very, very scenic, but also fairly easy to get to and, and close to town. So it's just south of Cass Lake, a couple of miles. It's uh, real easy to get to if you've got a decent vehicle, because sometimes that road can get pretty muddy because it's a it's just a Forest Service road. So gotcha. Uh, but a pretty good uh, ramp and easy to get the, the on the water. Yeah, the the ramp is a dirt ramp that, uh, and there is an ice heave at the ramp, so you might have trouble. I'd, I'd, I'd encourage using four wheel drive if you got it. And then uh, also you might be having trouble if you got too big of a boat getting in and out of there. Okay. There's not a ton of parking. There's probably four or five spaces there. And being so close to Cass Lake, that there is some, there is some occasional issues with, uh, with having enough parking there. Okay. Boy, I tell you, though, uh, it's, it's my kind of lake, like you say, completely undeveloped, uh, and yet a fishery, a very strong fishery in that lake. Yeah, it's it's a good one. We live fairly close to that, so the kids and I like to go up there occasionally in the summer. And it's really a fun lake for the for the kids to fish because there's there's plenty of bass in there. We've got a, a bass regulation on there, a 14 to 20 inch protected slot limit. So what it, it's done is increase the numbers pretty well. So you can you can catch quite a few fish in there. Not nothing real big. The the bass regulation hasn't really helped with the sizes on there. So we're going to look at it here in a couple of years and evaluate what we're going to do with the bass regulation. But uh, you can definitely catch a lot of fish. It's pretty good sunfish in there as well. The uh, some decent bluegills. The the problem was a couple of years ago that it was really getting hammered pretty hard. So some of the locals and also the, the asked if we could put a, a 
bluegill regulation in there. So we evaluated it and decided that it'd be a pretty good candidate to put a five-bag limit on the sunfish on the lake as well. And when we put it out for public comment, we got 100% positive comment saying that, yeah, the, the public wanted that, that reduced bag limit on there. And so far, we just put that on in 2017. We'll see how that works and if it maintains the good quality bluegill fishing out there. Okay. So it sounds like, despite uh, when you're on it feeling like you're in the middle of nowhere, as you noted, close enough to Cass Lake, it sounds like it gets a decent amount of pressure. Yeah, there's a fair amount of pressure out there. Not terrible, you know, but uh, but it, it definitely you're going to definitely most likely see a few people out there when you're, when you're fishing that lake. And, okay. you know, depending on the winter, too, it, it can get some winter pressure, uh, depending on the snow load, and they're not plowing that road in there. So once we get too much snow, you can't get in there too easily. But uh, if it's like, you know, two years ago when we didn't have a lot of snow early, then there's a few people who get out there and ice fishing as well. Okay. And it looks like not a huge number of northerns, but a decent number, and the sizes are really nice. Yeah, there's some there's some decent northerns out there. I think we, in the last survey, we saw about four fish per net, which is pretty average. So it's not terrible. There's not tons and tons of, uh, of hammer handles out there, but uh, fish up to 33 inches, so some bigger ones as well. And the nice thing about the lake, too, is there's there's walleyes in there as well. So you can go right. out, you know, during the day and fish for your bluegills and bass and have fun with them, and then on towards evening, head over to uh, some of the deeper spots and the other stuff and, and look for walleyes like you traditionally were or start casting for those northerns. Well, yeah, you look at. I was looking at that. Uh, the the survey I see had you know five and a third per net. That's a good solid number for walleye. And then the average size over two pounds. That's a really good number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Average was nineteen inches. So basically, you know, those ideal eaters that, that are out there right now. And that the last survey has been a couple of years ago. So we haven't been in there since twenty fourteen. But uh, so we'll get back in and and see what it is here in a couple of years. So what is in in the water that uh, that the fish like so much? Because th- they all seem really healthy. Yeah, they. they <laughs> it's definitely one of the uh, the healthier lakes for us in the in the area for sure. The one dilemma with the walleye numbers being high is that uh, our perch numbers are kind of tanked. And they actually did a study on that and on the lake in 2006 to see how increased walleye numbers would affect the perch numbers. So what we realized from that that uh, you know obviously you got too many walleyes in that in the lake you get lower perch numbers. So we're, we're adjusting our stocking levels out there to try to just, you know, find that sweet spot where you get, where you get, you know, plenty of perch, but you also have plenty of walleyes. And so we've reduced the stocking and actually seen, in lakes where we've done that, we've seen actually better perch and better walleyes both. So, Okay. Um, you know, you look at a lot of those uh, forest lakes here, you know, a couple hundred acres, a hundred acres, sometimes less than that. Uh, 554, that's a good solid lake. Yeah, it's it's not small by any means, and you can, like I said, you can find some spots to fish. There's those that deeper water if you like fishing the weeds and casting up in the lily pads, or there's you know a long kind of ridge that heads out under the water there that you can fish that as well. And there's also some camping if you like to that remote camping. There's some camping spots on the southeastern eastern shore. You know, there's no amenities, no pit toilets or anything like that. But uh, if you like to camp on a nice lake and in a rustic setting, that's a, a decent one to look at. All right. How do we get there? Okay. Um, if you're coming from Cass Lake, you know, head south on 371. You hit Highway 143 and take a right or head east. Go about a mile and a half, and you'll find uh, Forest Service Road 2136. Head about two and a half miles down that, and you'll see the boat ramp on the left. There's a Well, the boat ramp's off a little bit, just right off that, that, county, that Forest Service Road, but you'll see the sign for the public access. It was one of those brown public access signs. If you're coming from Walker, you head uh, north from Walker, and when you hit Steamboat Lake, 
uh, Steamboat Lake on your right, take a uh, on your left. Pardon me. You'll take a right on Highway Four, go about three miles, and that you'll see that U.S. Forest Service twenty one thirty six. Go north on that and tell you the same thing until you see the lake and, and the boat ramp. Okay. Um, it just sounds like a really fun place to check out, but uh, those Forest Service roads sometimes, as you noted early, not in the best of shape at times. Yeah, early spring, like right now, when the frost really starts coming out of them, that uh, that twenty one thirty six can get a little a little soupy. So I wouldn't take your you know your smaller car that didn't have four wheel drive on it. And same thing with like I said, if you're trying to drag a big boat up there, you might have some some trouble with this one. So okay, and and you did note that uh, if the roads are okay, you, you might even see a little ice fishing in the wintertime. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay, um, but uh, just largemouth, no smallmouth from that lake. Um, yep, there's no smallmouth in that lake. Okay. Yep. Um, but uh, I tell you, it's, it's, again, uh, as we were talking about uh, Mule Lake, uh, you, know, you got some bluegill, you got bass, you got northerns, and in this case, you got walleyes too. But a lot of li- different things to try. Um, if you're not stubborn, uh, you should find something biting. Yeah, you should be able to find a mule out there for sure and some, and some fun. We've seen some bluegills and pumpkin seeds and, uh, and hybrid bluegill pumpkin seeds out there as well. So it's a good mix of fish. It's a pretty lake, and it's a, it's a fun one. All right, it's Lake 13 in the middle of the Chippewa National Forest uh, near the Cast Lake area. Um, we're talking with Carl Peterson. He is from the, Le- the Walker Area Fisheries Office. Uh, thank you so much for your time today, and uh, maybe we'll see you on Lake 13. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Jeff. And if I see you there, I I want you to do some research and find out why it's called Lake 13. (laughs) Okay, we'll keep you updated. Okay, thanks.